When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Get the most out of weekly sales and receive personalized coupons toward your favorite items, all while earning one fuel point for every dollar spent. Because shopping at Kroger, whether in-store or online, is easy. And saving money is even easier with the Kroger app. So get the most value out of every trip, every time. Download the Kroger app now to save big. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. This is Life Admin Life Hacks a podcast that gives you techniques, tips, and tools to tackle your life admin more efficiently, to save your time, your money, and improve your household harmony. I'm Dinah Rowe Roberts, a commercial and finance executive. And I'm Mia Northrop, a user experience designer, researcher, and writer. This is the first episode of our second season, and our first for 2019, so we thought it was fitting to talk about getting motivated and staying the course. Hello, and welcome to Life Admin Life Hacks. We've had some really great listener feedback from our podcast so far, but some common themes have appeared that it's all well and good to hear all of these Life Admin Life Hacks, but how are people supposed to find the time to do it? Change takes energy and time, which are often in short supply. So in this episode, we're going to explore two ideas understanding your goals and motivation and finding inspiration and turning your dreams into reality by setting plans, establishing habits and other behavior change. Changing the way you approach life admin takes new habits, new tools, new processes and possibly collaboration and change management with a spouse or other family members. And all of this requires motivation and inspiration and momentum. So as Dinah said, we wanted to take this new year with its new opportunities and new energy, fresh beginnings, and step back from the chaos of daily life and reflect on why you want to make changes to the way you're approaching the life admin. It's great to take the time to think about what's working, what's organized, what's in control, but also what's not working and is giving you stress, causing friction, is wasting you money or is really time intensive and why you want to shift your approach and thinking about the purpose of changing your approach to life admin. Is it mostly about improving efficiency and saving time? Are you motivated by financial concerns or or simply peace of mind? Or is household harmony more important to you? Or do you want to think more about your own identity as an organised or methodical adult? And it's often useful to think about the difference between motivation and inspiration. So motivation, you're driven by a goal. It's a prompt for you to take action. Whereas inspiration is some kind of external influence or a catalyst that arouses a feeling or thought. So for example, if I think about my daily exercise habit, my motivation behind that is just trying to have a healthy weight, be strong, reduce my stress, have a clear head and have some precious me time. But my inspiration for it is... I really love to focus people in my exercise class. I'm always amazed by politicians who seem to prioritise exercise and can find ways to cram it in in their ridiculously hectic and demanding schedules. And I'm also inspired by really vital elderly people who are still travelling or, you know, stay active or dancing, whatever they're doing. That's what I want to be when I'm that age. So that's what actually inspires me. You can't rely on willpower or self-control to make lasting changes. Willpower is definitely a finite resource and it runs out at the end of every day as 
the binging or the testing. Um, and decision fatigue, like you just can't keep making decisions all the time. So tapping into your motivations and your inspirations and setting habits gets around some of this, these other obstacles. I liked this quote, which I got from some Canadian health website, which we'll link to in the show notes. It said, inspiration is the primary tool of resiliency. If we are resilient, we can overcome obstacles, challenges, trials, and tribulations. Inspiration helps us to modify our negative features into positive, and an inspired individual seeks to achieve, to attain, and accomplish or bring out the best in themselves and others. So this led Diane and I to think about the various sources of inspiration that are out there because different things work for different people. Yeah, some people can be really inspired by people they admire and their quotes or speeches they make. Yeah, other people's actions or achievements or even their attitudes are hugely inspired by people who just have some stellar attitude to life or to work or parenting or something. And these don't necessarily need to be high-profile people. This could be your children or your partner, heaven forbid, or your parents or a stranger or just, you know, people in the public eye. And these might be people you want to emulate or you actually might see something in their actions or attitudes that you want to avoid. I did read this article where, you know, some people are inspired by other people because those people didn't believe in them or rejected them in some way. And they're like, I'm going to show you, which is kind of a negative place to come from. But there's some others who get really inspired by other people's underdog status or their curiosity about things or those game changers out there. Yeah, for some people, images can be incredibly inspiring. So an image of what they're aspiring to, I certainly know that for myself, um, looking at images of beautiful decluttered homes was a really big source of inspiration for me starting my decluttering journey. Yeah, I think that's where the whole vision board thing comes in. Yeah. I love that Pinterest is so popular. It's just so inspiring. Um, you might be inspired by your own past achievements or progress, or you might have taken a risk that paid off. And that has inspired you. Some people get really inspired by getting out into nature and being able to take that time to look and absorb that what's around them and really get that inspiration as they're out there enjoying nature. Obviously, there's art, music, dance, theatre, poetry, novels, film, tapping into performing arts, visual arts and writing can make you think about things differently and give you different perspective and just inspire you. Yeah, I think spirituality is also an area that can give lots of inspiration. Uh, I know quite a number of people who've had a big change in their spiritual journey and that's really inspired them to make changes in their life. Travel, classic source of inspiration, just going and seeing how other people live, how other places feel, and just seeing yourself in a different environment can really change the way you think about yourself and your life. The time of year, so like your birthday or the start of a new year like we're at today, can give that inspiration of the clean slate of some type or particularly like a milestone birthday can be a big source of inspiration to, you know, give you that opportunity to start again. Another ultimate source of inspiration is illness, death, disaster, anything that reminds you of your mortality and that idea that life is too short can really get your brain thinking, I need to get my act into gear. I think it's also important to think about motivation. Uh, and I really enjoyed a book I read recently by Charles Duhigg, which is called Smarter, Faster, Better. 
and he has a particular chapter it's really easy to read about motivation and in it he talks about the fact that self-motivation is often considered to be a static feature of our personality so people believe they're either motivated or not motivated but what, what he's found is that motivation really is a skill it's just like reading it's something that can be learned and honed and in the book he talks about the trick to motivation and the prerequisite is believing that you've got control. This need for control is a biological imperative. He talks about one of the ways to improve your motivation is to prove you're in control and so do that by making decisions no matter how small. So when you're really feeling hard to get motivated, making one small decision, if you make one choice, your motivation can really start to, to trigger. And it gives you that feeling of self-determination. It can really get you going. And once you can take control of a situation, you start to learn how good it feels, which, you know, it has that sort of uh, roll-on or knock-on effect. So to support this, you really need to learn to see your choices, not just as expressions of control, but also as affirmations of your values and your goals. So thinking about the why when you're making a choice links small tasks to larger aspirations. Anything there that you just said is learning to see your choices full stop and recognizing in your life where a choice has been made, whether it's been implicit or someone has made it for you, there has actually been a choice. And sometimes you need to remind yourself, oh, I'm actually choosing to do things this way. This isn't just, this might be feel like a default, but somehow somewhere along the way, a choice has been made. Yeah. So self-motivation is a choice we make because it's part of something bigger and more emotionally rewarding than the immediate task that needs doing. Yeah, nice one. So there's lots of approaches to setting personal goals and making resolutions or plans or intentions or whatever. Up to things on time or, you know, almost, and I guess also possibly the social acceptance part, the embarrassment of when you get things wrong. The second part about it is ability. So in order to make a change, you you need to be able to have that sort of self-efficacy that you can do it. And I think that's Mm -hmm. why it's really important for your life admin system to be easy to do it right and hard to do it wrong because fundamentally we are probably all quite lazy. (laughs) So if you make it easy, your system easy to do it, it gives you much greater ability to, to make it work. And then the final part is triggers. So, you know, this is kind of where we start to think about habits and forming habits and triggers are reminders that either can be explicit or implicit to actually behave in a different way. And so really thinking about what might be good triggers to change your behavior is really important if you really want to follow through and stay the course on changing your approach to life admin. So. You've established your motivations, you've thought about your inspirations, how do you actually get into the goal setting? So two things first, you need to be aware of how you're wired so you can determine a comfortable way to adopt changes. Last season we talked about Gretchen Rubin and her four tendencies quiz, which considers how you react to expectations put upon you. So I'll read four statements and I want you to think about which of the following resonates for you firstly. It's just as important to keep promises to myself as it is to keep promises to other people. Number two, I like to hear from experts and do research, but I decide for myself what course to follow. Number three, I get frustrated by the fact that I make time for other people's priorities, but struggle to make time for my own. 
or four. I don't make New Year's resolutions or try to form habits. I won't cage myself like that. So she uses quiz questions just like these to identify whether you're a rebel, a questioner, an obliger, or an upholder. And she suggests different tactics you might like to try to get positive habits to stick and abandon any negative habits. It's a very quick quiz. We'll post to it in the show notes, but it's worth having a little look-see. The second thing worth considering is, you know, when you're coming up with your goals and intentions and it's, it's hard not to compare your life to others and what you think you might should have achieved by now. You can look at what other people are doing or having or being and you think, why aren't I do that? I should have that. I want that. And I like this little framework from a website called Stratajoy where she talks about the cycle of life that you're in and that everyone's in these different seasons of life and you can't compare, we shouldn't compare what you're doing to others anyway because that's just a path to madness. Think about the cycle of life that you're in. Are you in a year of unrest where you feel like settled and you're resolving to make change? Are you in a year of destruction where you're tearing down everything and you're welcoming a clean slate? Are you a year of growth where you're rebuilding, you're stretching, you're learning, or a year of mastery where you feel like you have everything you need and you want? So knowing your place in this cycle helps stopping you compare and recognising where your efforts should be directed. So once you've sort of got that self-awareness, it can help you dive into having some goals that are really going to reflect your values and where you're at right now. So when it comes to actually setting your goals, I think everyone's heard of, you know, the SMART framework for setting goals, that goals are specific, measurable, assignable, realistic, and time-related. But I think it's also important to add the ER on the end. So people now talk about smarter goals. So also making sure that you evaluate and review them. But there was Mm. some really interesting stuff also in that Charles Duhigg book about goals. And I guess it goes back to one of the episodes from our first season is that often uh, what the problem we do is we set goals sometimes within our to-do lists. And it's often easiest in a to-do list or even a list of goals to go to the easiest one first. And I think, Mia, you describe those kind of big, meaty things often as blockers. And so it can mean you focus on short-term, less ambitious goals. And so in his book, he suggests that you need smart goals, but also paired with stretch goals. So stretch goals are, you know, much bigger, more ambitious goals. And in order to achieve those goals and and not have them become blockers, um, he suggests having a stretch goal. Like, so for example, for myself, it might've been to feel in control of my life admin, which is just a really big audacious goal. But in order to achieve that, you need to set sub goals, which in psychology, they call proximal goals. So for example, that might be just to have a working shared calendar, because that's one step along the way to feeling in control of all of my life admin. Yeah, it's DeSalvo's book about um, what makes your brain happy and why you should do the opposite. (laughs) That title's intriguing. One of his tips is around um, success being jet fuel for performance. So it's the idea of if you set small sub-goals and you actually achieve them, you're much more likely to move on to the next goal. Mm. I do 
I also like in in the idea of when you set goals, everyone knows about SMART goals and the idea of the M being measurable. Sometimes when it comes to the life admin, it's hard to actually measure measure the output. And, you know, if you're doing some, having a goal about feeling more calm, actually recording how you feel before and after. And so, you know, using a journal or, um, you know, just saving the information somewhere so that you can reflect on it. And that feedback actually is that same thing, that jet fuel for your motivation and your ongoing staying of the course, because going through that, you know, measurement improves your likelihood of success. Yeah, it's true. Because some of the things like going paperless, I noticeably have less mail. I'm, I don't know if it's maybe mail once, twice a week in the post, in the post box now. It can kind of feel the change. Other things are a bit more esoteric, aren't they? But it is worth tuning in and and noticing them. Yeah, I think and just you know making that effort to to note how you feel or how something is now, so that you can reflect on it in a month's time. You know, the evidence says that will really motivate you to keep going. Yeah. And that kind of ties in nicely with the next framework, which is setting one word for the year. And this sort of movement was kickstarted by a blogger, Ali Edwards, who writes about memory keeping. And the suggestion here is that resolutions can be quite ambitious and setting lots of goals can be overwhelming because you can set too many and you forget half of them. And that basically you just pick one word that will be your mantra for the year and you use that as a filter to decide courses of action. So on her blog she says, I pick one word to focus on, meditate on and reflect upon as I go about my daily life. So the idea here is that you think about what you can do to implement that word People create vision boards or reading lists or assemble quotes or just sort of keep it top of mind. And there's lots of examples of this on Instagram and Pinterest. There's lots of websites dedicated to sharing what is your word for the year. Lots of other podcasters talk about it. And there might be words like connect or shine or clarity. My word was composure because I just felt like a lot of the time I was being frazzled and I was reactionary. And so I just had this word floating in my mind and I tried to seek out anything that was going to help me retain or regain composure. I didn't create any artifacts around it. I just kind of returned to it as this little mantra when I was losing my shizzle. Yeah. Yeah, did you, have you ever tried this approach? I haven't actually tried it. I've heard people talking about it and I guess I, I need to try and find the right balance because I have been reflecting a little bit on it. Because I do like to be busy, but I like to be busy but in control. So I need to find the right word that measures that. I like that feeling of, you know, and maybe it's pr- productive, but productive sounds like such a boring word. I need to find a more yeah. fun word. So kind of an extension of that, the smarter goals and the one-word goal is the one personal goal that is a statement that you use as a litmus test to direct your time and energy. So it can be a statement that helps you direct um, what habits you want to adopt or abandon or whether you do an activity. And if basically something doesn't support that goal, you don't do it. So this one requires a bit of reflection, thinking about what's working and not working and your, your how the last 12 months went down. When were you happy? When were you not happy? And then you think about what's coming up for you in the next 12 months. You know, are there milestones? Are there changes you can expect? Are there any particular opportunities or obstacles that are in the cards? And are there any sort of 
physical or intellectual or emotional demands can be placed upon you. And then you have a big brainstorm of all the things you want to do or have or be or achieve. And you look for a theme across those things. And then basically you come up with a statement that embraces that theme and identify any habits that might support that theme or that mantra and you kind of review as you go through the year. I know Nicole Avery on the Planning With Kids blog uses this approach and comes up with one sort of statement that's going to be her focus for the year. It sounds a bit like coming up with a mission statement for a company. Um, I think it's an interesting approach. Uh, I actually work with a work-life balance coach uh, earlier or last year, and she recommended a book to me which actually did resonate a bit. And although I didn't love the exact book, I did like the idea of it. So um, Danielle Laporte's uh, The Desire Map book. And the idea is it's setting goals, thinking about how you want to feel rather than what you want to do. So really sort of tapping into your emotions to think about how you want to feel and then figuring out how you, you get more of that. Oh. Uh, I really like that, you know, thought of really, you know, working towards how I want to feel and be more calm, even though I like being busy, but busy, but calm. And how do I get that feeling? Um, so what do I need yeah. to do to make that happen? Yeah, I recently read this book on your recommendation and I it, it made sense because when you are setting goals ultimately you're trying to achieve some kind of feeling out of it you want a, a certain mood or a sensation or a state of being to be delivered by achieving that goal so I liked the idea of starting with okay what are those core desired feelings as she calls them and then how what do you need to do to get those feelings so she's got a book and she's got a course doesn't she you know, she has a course and, and, you, and I think then the, you can get the book and then there's also a workbook. So I think you can buy just the workbook online in a PDF format if you want to um, use it in that way. So, Diana, how have you got motivated to do things like life admin? Well, I think for the life admin journey, I really did feel like I was in control and I think I've mentioned that in previous. It was composure because I just felt like a lot of the time I was being frazzled and I was reactionary. And so I just had this word flooded in my mind and I tried to seek out anything that was going to help me retain or regain composure. I didn't create any artifacts around it. I just kind of returned to it as this little mantra when I was losing my shizzle. Yeah. yeah did you, have you ever tried this approach? I haven't actually tried it. I've heard people talking about it and I guess I, I need to try and find the right balance because I have been reflecting a little bit on it. Because I do like to be busy, but I like to be busy but in control. So I need to find the right word that measures that. I like that feeling of, you know, and maybe it's productive, but productive sounds like such a boring word. I need to find a more fun word. So kind of an extension of that, the smarter goals and the one word goal is the one personal goal that is a statement that you use as a litmus test to direct your time and energy. So it can be a statement that helps you direct um, what habits you want to adopt or abandon or whether you do an activity. And if basically something doesn't support that goal, you don't do it. So this one requires a bit of reflection, thinking about what's working and not working and your, your how the last 12 months went down. When were you happy? When were you not happy? And then you think about what's coming up for you in the next 12 months. You know, are there milestones? Are there changes you can expect? Are there any particular opportunities or obstacles that are in the cards? And are there any sort of 
physical or intellectual or emotional demands can be placed upon you. And then you have a big brainstorm of all the things you want to do or have or be or achieve. And you look for a theme across those things. And then basically you come up with a statement that embraces that theme and identify any habits that might support that theme or that mantra and you kind of review as you go through the year. I know Nicole Avery on the Planning With Kids blog uses this approach and comes up with one sort of statement that's going to be her focus for the year. It sounds a bit like coming up with a mission statement for a company. But, um, I think it's an interesting approach. Uh, I actually worked with a work-life balance coach uh, earlier or last year and she recommended a book to me which actually did resonate a bit and although I didn't love the exact book, I did like the idea of it. So um, Danielle Laporte's uh, The Desire Map book and the idea is it's setting goals thinking about how you want to feel rather than what you want to do. So really sort of tapping into your emotions to think about how you want to feel and then figuring out how you you get more of that. Uh, I really like that, you know, thought of really, you know, working towards how I want to feel and be more calm, even though I like being busy, but busy but calm and how do I get that feeling? Um, So what do I need to do to make that happen? Yeah, I recently read this book on your recommendation and I it, it made sense because when you are setting goals ultimately you're trying to achieve some kind of feeling out of it you want a, a certain mood or a sensation or a state of being to be delivered by achieving that goal so I liked the idea of starting with okay well, what are those core desired feelings as she calls them and then how what do you need to do to get those feelings so she's got a book and she's got a course doesn't she you know, of course, and, and, you, and I think then the, you can get the book and then there's also a workbook. So I think you can buy just the workbook online in a PDF format if you want to um, use it in that way. So, Diana, how have you got motivated to do things like life admin? Well, I think for the life admin journey, I really did feel like I was in control, and I think I've mentioned that in previous episodes, but then I took on too much and slowly got more and more out of control where I felt unable to make headway. So, you know, the rational thing was to stop doing some stuff to get back in control of my life admin, but I let work and my community commitments come before my own need to, um, you know, establish that calm in relation to to life admin. So, you know, I think that although I knew I was going to start on the journey, I do think that the most important thing for me was talking to you about this podcast. And this is, I guess, knowing who you are um, and that that idea of um, having an accountability partner, so someone who's going on the journey with me, someone who I'm reporting back to, um, really works for me. And I really acknowledge that that's been a really important part of starting and, you know, and continuing even when, you know, now I've got much busier again, I'm still working on it because I feel a little bit accountable to you that if I don't, um, that, you know, I'll be sort of letting the team down, so to speak. For ultimate transparency, that's why we started like, yeah, we talked about, well, let's have the podcast because we will have a schedule and we'll have listeners and they'll be expecting to hear some pearls of wisdom and do the research and do the work and make the changes and see what works and what doesn't. So this has been the <laughs> ultimate. And, I mean, the, the, and the scientific evidence says that for lots of people that works really well, the idea of accountability partners, and certainly you hear a lot about of it in fitness is people, um, you know, 
exercise with someone else and that as soon as that other person doesn't exercise, their exercise habit falls away as well. Yeah. And are you going to be setting goals for 2019? I did spend some time down at the beach over the summer with my family talking about our family goals. So I think that that's something that we're really focusing on the moment at the moment is rather than me having personal goals is about having goals for our whole family and working towards them sort of as a team. Well, that sounds good. It's interesting. I've always kind of hated that stage at work where you're doing your performance reviews and you've got to conjure up goals for work. On the personal front, I've usually had goals. I find New Year's Eves and birthdays just natural times for me to reflect and dream a little bit. And I usually come up with some kind of resolutions or mantra or something written down. Pretty goal-oriented person. I haven't actually come up with anything for 2019 as yet. I just spent the whole holidays thinking and playing with the kids and chilling out. I know there's a lot of change going to happen this year. My oh, my younger son has just started school and I wanted to just sort of get through this initial period. So, yeah, I've made some deliberate choices in the last two years since having children, I guess, actually, to work less because household harmony and creative projects are much more important to me than career and buying stuff and having stuff and doing stuff in this particular season of life. But, you know, after this after these couple of weeks, I'm going to have to need to recalibrate, you know, needs change, ambition changes, my level of fulfilment changes, and the kids' needs changes, my partner's wants change. So I'll be doing lots of thinking now, essentially, about what activities are going to nurture me and, and the family and make time for them and take it from there. So, Mia, what advice will you give to our listeners about how or when they should start um, this process? Now, the time is now. Pick one thing and start. We've explored a range of life admin solutions in the last season. You know, we had to-do lists, we had going paperless, decluttering, setting up the shared calendar or a password manager, scheduling. So just pick the one that's going to make the most impact on your life. Or even just pick the one that might be the easiest to implement that might give you some really positive feedback because we know that that will give you motivation to keep going. Yeah. And why are you doing all this? You're doing all of this because you're sick of hoping and wishing. You're sick of feeling regret and you're going to seize the reins and just determine how you want this year to go down and how you'd rather be spending your time and you're going to be feeling accomplished and less anxious and confident and you'll be adulting. Yeah. And, you know, if you start to implement these systems, it it might take a little bit more time to set up, but the reality is what we're seeing is it's really reducing the time and effort uh, on an ongoing basis and saving money. So it's really worth investing that little bit of time and energy up front to get those long-term benefits rather than continuously putting it off to the future. So that wraps up our episode on finding motivation and staying course. Try this episode's life hacks at home. Dig deep and think about your motivations and what inspires you. Establish some goals using whatever method appeals to you and plan to kick ass on the life admin front in 2019. 
If you'd like to join us on our Life Admin journey, please head to our Facebook page, Life Admin Life Hacks, to follow us and share your thoughts on what we're doing. And feel free to post any comments or certainly post suggestions that we might be able to use. We hope to see you there. Thanks for listening. Show notes for this episode are available at lifeadminlifehacks.com. If you're a fan, please subscribe and share the love and tell a friend or review us in your podcasting app.